This fellow Ronaldo is a cod. Arsene Wenger's been in Japan for a year. He doesn't know anything about English football. I will love it if we beat them. It's the history of the Tottenham. I have nothing to say. I'm so sorry, I have nothing to say. Con Giovanni, yeah, incredible. Dribble, 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 dribble. Penalties? What is penalties? <laughs> Who are Man United? This week there's only one place to start. A long, long overdue Bielsa watch. Yeah. Thank you, thank you Marco Bielsa, for... Uh... Ending the season on a high, even yeah. though it's actually low. But it wasn't his fault. He didn't. He didn't originate this. But if anyone who didn't see the, for some bizarre reason, Aston Villa played Leeds United right at the end of the season. Both teams are going to be in the playoffs now. Yeah, they'll probably finish third and fourth. Yeah, the, this is the, the final third. potentially. Yeah, well, we'll see about that because I, uh, we we said it earlier in the season. Potentially. Yeah, you said it very strongly that you don't think Leeds. <laughs> no, Leeds could easily crash and burn. In the semis, yeah, I think they uh, they're lined up to play against uh, Frank Lampard's Derby County. Is yeah. Oh, that's so good. We'll, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, oh, that would be so good. Yeah, because especially because the whole Spygate thing earlier yeah. the season. But uh, basically, what was the name? Of, who's the, what's the name of the player that went down for Aston Villa? Aston Villa had an attack. Uh, Some player went down. I can't, yeah, I player dived. Dive. We don't say dived. He he went to ground. We'll just say went yeah, to ground. Yeah, went to we ground. We'll, we'll say he went to ground, hurt himself in some way. And basically Aston Villa they put the ball out of play, put the ball out of play. And Leeds are like, they kind of like, you can see a couple of the defenders in midfielders kind of contemplating it for a second in their own half. Like, and they're like, oh, they're near the wing. Well, they put it out of play for a throw in and they didn't. And they played on and Villa played on. Well, some of Villa played well, on. Well, the def- defence of Villa played on. The goalkeeper Villa played on. Yeah, the goalkeeper played on for sure. Yeah, but they all played on and your man, you know, dribbled in. Avoided the tackle, but held off the challenge and put the ball into the it was back. Was really of the good net. finish. It's really good finish. Really good goal. Before again, who was it again that that got hit? Um, it wasn't Patrick Bamford because he was right on top of it right after. But it was the other striker for Leeds, the other attacking player. I forget who it was who actually put the ball into the back net. But it was a really good finish. And then immediately Connor Connor Hooran grabbed uh, yeah, around the Connor neck. Jack Grealish getting involved. Yeah, as well. all, all the Villa players were just fighting. A little mini brawl broke out, and it was amazing. And you know, considering what's happened in recent times with Aston Villa, in terms of fan involvement, uh, opposition fan involvement usually, but not their own fans. But you know, th- some stuff could have gone down, and there was a lot of fighting and pushing and shoving, and everyone around there was fighting. And uh, Horgan got thrown to the ground. A player got sent off for Aston Villa as a result of this. Oh, did someone actually get sent yeah. off? I didn't see that. The Bamford got a yellow card because he threw Horgan to the ground for grabbing their man around the neck. Horgan didn't get sent off at all. Is it Patrick Bamford like lining up to play for Ireland soon? <laughs> Well, was, I don't think I don't think it's happening. To be honest, no, I think if, it, if it happened, anyway. yeah, that ship has sailed because he's been offered it a few well, times. Well, Conor has ruined it all now. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> but that, that all that happened in a very short space of time, and amidst it all, amongst it all, uh, John Terry, Big JT, Captain Leader Legend, <laughs> Aston Villa's what you know, uh, assistant manager. I don't think you want to call him assistant manager. He's a coach of some. Cheerleader, cheerleader would be the what I would call him. You know, he's kind of like, yeah, I'm the guy in the sideline who like g's players up. The way he looks for a good fight. Yeah, so squaring up to Marco Bielsa, a guy that's what at least twenty five years older. Than him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's so, using a crutch soon, like. Yeah, and uh, Bielsa squared right back up with him, and you know the. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mess with Bielsa. Like. No, and Bielsa's already on a yellow card. For, 
you know, for complaining about you know, the referee earlier on in the match. So he kind of tried to play peacemaker with it and tried to calm everyone down. So if he didn't have that yellow card for earlier on in the match, who knows? He could have swung at JT and taken him down. Oh, that's so would, funny. I in a knife they fight. give yellow cards. Oh, yeah, it's, a new, it's going to be rolled out now across the board. I think it's good because it, it puts him a bit in check. <laughs> it just looks funny, though. Yeah, but it puts him in check. I, I know, I agree. It's a fine. I'm not going to complain against the rule. It just looks funny. Like, you know, Mourinho was very bad at it and he had like his whole network of staff going up constantly badger the referee. Yeah, do you think Mourinho would bring in rotational yelling? Uh, he already had done that. No, but like just so that they can all get yellow cards. Yeah, but th- that's basically, I think any team he'd have would have that <laughs> going on. Like, don't concern Mourinho and his rumours going to Leon with Arsene Wenger. Uh, I, I heard Arsene Wenger turned down Leon. Yeah, that Mourinho has been turned down by Leon. Yeah, so it's it's a funny world. Uh, but anyway, that the that isn't even all that Bielsa scoring up John Terry would be news enough on its own. But then what happened next is just yeah. After that, Leeds kind of just after fighting after Leeds fought over this. Like it wasn't as if oh yeah sorry our bad our bad and let everyone Aston Villa be like yeah yeah you shouldn't have you shouldn't have scored that was a terrible decision all that Leeds just decide that oh no we'll okay we'll let you score a goal from kickoff like uh, that's happened before like it teams, has it's teams happened teams in the Champions League yeah I've seen Shakhtar the Nest and Dortmund do it a yeah. few years ago uh, it happened like we've had situations where matches have been replayed because of something so I think uh, was it Aston or Sheffield Wednesday Sheff- Sheffield United I think against Arsenal yeah maybe Sheffield yeah back in like 98 or something Arsenal scored a goal when a player was down it was Canu then- yeah and like his debut for Arsenal yeah and then they re- they offered to replay the match and the FA let them replay the match which is even more bizarre when you think about it and Arsenal won the match again that time but like that's the thing Villa just were allowed to score a goal and it was one all and this wasn't even in like the 15th minute of the match this was in like the 76th minute and the goal now ends up being very consequential because because of it, uh, Sheffield United are now officially promoted to the Premier League yeah. for the first time in 11 years, 12, more, 13 yeah. years nearly. Yeah. Uh, along with Norwich, who, who uh, won got the, promoted on yeah, Saturday, early Saturday. Won the championship yesterday. But like, it's, like Leeds could have gone through, like Leeds could have still been competing for the Yeah, they would have been, place. it would have been very difficult for them to overhaul. It would have, so few games left, but they'd still be Mathematically, in it. it was possible. Yeah, like, definitely. Uh, but now, uh, Playoffs Leeds, for Leeds. Yeah, yeah, and these two teams could play again, like Aston Villa, the informed side in the playoffs, if you want to call them that. Um, you know, and You'd Leeds, almost put them favourites, considering they got to the final last year as well. Yeah. And Leeds, who have at times have been the best team ever to play in the Championship in terms of the way they play football, in terms of the way they adapt themselves, and in terms of you know, everything they've had with this season, with the Spygate situation, and having to come back from that, and then having their form collapse, and having been able to sign players. Somewhere. like A lot of strange things have happened at Ellen Road this season. Even by Leeds United standards. Even by Leeds standards. And Bielsa's still there. And like I just really want Bielsa to get into the Premier League. Just because he could be... I don't, I don't know if he'd even last the summer if they got promoted. But it would be <laughs> so... dream. It would be so good. Like, like, First day of the season, Pep Guardiola. The only the only thing that could like work better to this would be if you know himself and Rafa Benitez swapped jobs. And Bielsa was at Newcastle. God, that would be something. It would. Imagine then, Rafa leads. Yeah, you see, that would be interesting as well. But that's that's my hope for next season. Yeah, uh, but then in the Premier League, the title race, title race rather, is it even worth mentioning at this point? Well, they seem to be like going They're both against just my winning effortlessly. Yeah, like, I thought they would have at least both dropped points at this point, and despite them looking so two at games times, left. yeah, it's like, and will you expect them to drop much points between now and the end of the season? I don't expect Liverpool to. Well, I don't expect City to because City don't have any other games. Leicester are playing Liverpool, next. Yeah, Liverpool, like well, Liverpool, and that's Brendan Rodgers, former Liverpool manager. Yeah, 
Like, I is saw, he going to do? Who's he going to do a favor for? I saw a joke earlier. Is like, oh, Brendan Rodgers will absolutely hate having the spotlight on him this week. Yeah. yeah, but like, in fairness to the guy and everything else, he hasn't craved it that much since coming back from Leicester. Oh, he's been saying it all for right now. Well, I don't know to be that harsh. Him, I think he's learned a bit or two. I think or take from being in Scotland because he was always had the attention on him up there being at Celtic. But like, he he beat Arsenal today. Arsenal are terrible, but he beat Arsenal today. I didn't hear like, and he made. We'll see. He could. Leicester were playing well. I give him a, well give him a few well. days, and maybe he will come out because he did yeah. make tackle tweaks and he did do certain things, especially when Arsenal went down to ten men. That might lead you to believe that oh, Brendan Rodgers is going to be talking about how great he is in the next few days, but maybe he won't. He's got good performances out the Leicester side since he since he's come back. They're still hot in that top seven race. I think they are seventh now. Yeah, they're just uh, three points behind Wolves now. I think is it is it that close anymore? I don't even know anymore because they're all. Uh... Uh, Wolves beat Watford the Out Revenge for uh, the FA Cup semi final yeah. there. That's um, uh, one way of saying it. Yeah, I'm sure Wolves are delighted with that kind of revenge. Yeah, you're right. There, there is uh, lesser three eight, points. Yeah, three points between. Pretty much sides. everyone else dropped points this week. Everton drew Crystal Palace and stuff like that. Yeah, and Newcastle. Oh, Newcastle aren't quite that close. But then in the top four battle, I say everyone. I say the title race teams are winning effortlessly. These teams are just losing effortlessly at this point. Yeah. Uh, who burnt or who beat? Tot- I've already forgotten who beat Tottenham. West Ham. Was it West Ham? West oh, yeah, Ham of course Michael it was Antonio. West Ham. Yeah, Mikel Antonio. The, the first match that they've lost in New White Hart Lane. Fun bit of trivia that West Ham were also the first team to beat Arsenal at yeah. the Emirates. Took like Arsenal 24 games. Yeah, as opposed to like 4 or 5. 4, yeah. Uh, West Ham were also the first opposition side to score at uh, the New White Hart Lane. So. Yeah, that's something to, to you know. Bobby, Zam- Bobby Zamora and Mikel Antonio. I always thought they were similar players. It's so funny that like none of this even matters anymore. <laughs> like the, the whole the whole Premier League and especially with the way that Cardiff were so lame over this weekend that the whole Premier League They lost to Fulham. They did, they lost to Fulham. But the, it's lost meaning. Like we're talking about the top two, that was our main jumping off point for this discussion. That they don't matter, you know, that the we thought we both thought that points would be dropped at some point in this long multiple morning. times like what is it now it's how many matches uh, 91 92 I think with two games to ill like but they're all on a winning they're both teams are on a winning streak going back weeks and like 5 I think 6 March 9th was the last time one of them dropped points it was uh, Liverpool against Everton yeah that was the last time I like there was a blip and that was the last time Liverpool had the uh, incentive or an initiative in this title race that they would had their own destiny in their hands since then, it's you know been Man City's and Man City are regaining it every. It is pretty funny for Everton fans. I, I assume they they relish the thought of Everton being the team to actually stop Liverpool. Yeah. Even though they did it like two months before yeah. the season ended. Especially the way the earlier Merseyside derby went. Yeah, with Jordan um, Pickford like, and no, Origi. It seems that the form it's gone reverse. It's like the form of teams that are on summer holidays, for lack of a better phrase, the teams that are never going to get relegated, that are going to finish between the positions of seventh and twelfth. Their seasons have come alive in April and May, which is usually opposite, completely counterintuitive. When they've nothing to play for at all, where they're all they're played for is like a position here or there that they may go up from eleventh to tenth to ninth or drop from which ninth is to tenth to eleventh. Like the difference in like two million, I think. Yeah, when the players money. don't care at all about it, like it's only really clubs that would care about the, yeah, exactly. the positional finish. Like they don't care. But all of these teams, like Wolves. You know, apart from their FA Cup blip, have have been phenomenal all season. Leicester City have come back after, like, despite Claude Puel getting sacked. He was still at a very good first yeah. half of the season. And, like, Brendan Rodgers has come in, he has some scoring goals. Like, Jamie Verdi's on 18 goals for the season, I think, in the Premier League, which is almost up there. What with, a guy. Is it two goals off top goal score? I think it is, yeah. Like, he could still get top goal score between now and the end of the season. There's enough. Hatcher against Man City. Yeah, he could do it, like. 
Uh, Everton are playing well. Watford are playing well. West Ham have, have come back and are playing well after the the shoddy start they had. To Even the, season. the already uh, already relegated Fulham have won like three of the last four games. Yeah, I know, and like. Like they could overtake Cardiff. Southampton are have found a rich vein of form, and Shane, Shane Long, Long has got four goals. goals. Yeah, like Burnley have come back after like they were their their form was way worse at the beginning of the season than it is now. Yeah, they look like they could easily go down. And like then... Bournemouth keeps shelling goals, but they've still got enough in the tank to. They 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 they're a team that kind of prove that a good start to the season you can really reap oh, the yeah. benefits from that later Exa- in the season. Exactly, like and like all of these teams are in that zone. There's what ten points separating. 10 points separating 9th and good or 12 points separating 9th and 16th so like that's I feel like that's a bigger gap than the last few years though yeah but they're all in the same quality there's no real like I'm looking at it now it's like Wolves, Leicester, Everton, Watford West Ham, Crystal Palace Newcastle, Bournemouth Burnley, Southampton and then Brighton bringing up the rear of the pack Uh, for slides that are probably going to be in the Premier League next season it's just Brighton you know they're what a point away I think from Guaranteed safety. Yeah, game. that or it depends on how four ca- points. They're four team. points ahead, two games left. Yeah, so likely two points is all they need because yeah. they have a far superior goal difference. Yeah, so that's well, not that superior, but yeah, it's like twelve goals, isn't it? I don't see Cardiff winning two. Oh no, games you're right. Sorry, it's like the wrong. It's like the wrong uh, column there, but yes, yeah, they're you're basically saying yeah, a point will do them to for safety. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so. This it's been a weird Premier League season. It has like it's, like, it's lacked quality. It's lacked a lot of quality. But then at the same time, because it's lacked quality, it has parity between so many. Like you can make a fair argument that there's eleven, twelve sides of Premier League who are completely interchangeable with each other, which is good because that means any one of them could be sixteenth or any one of them could be seventh. It's made for some weirdly entertaining matches though. Like uh, we had a three all draw at the weekend between Southampton and Bournemouth. There was a four yeah. three. Win for Wolves against uh, Leicester earlier when Cloudwell was sacked. Yeah, or just before. Like there's been some really Newcastle bizarre. Been involved in a major- load they had three two win against Everton yeah. a few weeks ago. It was highly entertaining. They had three two defeat to Manchester United earlier in the season. Yeah, the, that was very um, entertaining. There's just a lot of really like Brighton weird matches. have really showed up at big teams despite being terrible and most other. Crystal Palace as well, like they're doing a victory yeah. against Arsenal last yeah. week. Victory and... score winning against uh, Andros Townsend's goal against. Yeah, Manchester. that's I mean, probably goal of the season still. Probably, for me. Like, we'll probably review it at a later date. Yeah, we'll they're, do a full review. These in teams a few are weeks. really up there, and then you go up to the top of the league, and then you, like we had this conversation last week that you know we can look back in time, and we there is precedent before for not necessarily great teams getting a high points total, a la Man City when they won the league for the first time in modern era. Yeah, they got 89. 89 which is pretty points, high. Yeah, like, level on points to Manchester United at the time. Only six off what was the record at the time of 95 under Mourinho. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, that wasn't a vintage team and these teams are not... They have flaws. They are by no means perfect. You're not looking at either this Man City or Liverpool team really being written down in the record books for being such an amazing team. It is very much like that Man City, Man United side in whenever 2010, 11, whatever, 11, 11 12. whatever it was. Uh, or it, it's very reminiscent of the Real Madrid sides that got to 100 points against Pep Guardiola. Like not, they're flawed teams, but they're still exceptional in their own right. And in a league where there's such parity between the other teams where everyone's beating each other at every level, there's not one of these teams that are like... Uh, did anyone... like? There's very few teams that did doubles this season. Yeah, because like last year, Man United and Man City beat every team in the league, which was the first time two teams had done that in a league campaign. Was I don't think any teams done that this year. Yeah, so it's just it's it's a really funny thing that it's, it's it, are we going back to the olden days? Are we going back like olden days, the nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties, where 
you, you did have mega clubs in that Liverpool. Well, Liverpool there. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool were coming, but you had like one season, oh Watford to get promoted in the mid eighties and challenge for the league title. Ipswich to get promoted and win the FA Cup and win the UEFA Cup and challenge for the league title and should win the league. I don't title. think we'll see Southampton do well, Newcastle do well. Yeah. I don't think we'll see those kind of highs though, just because the top six. We have Leicester played. actually won the league. That was fantastic, but, but I think can that come back again because then, they're all so close together? But since then, the top six have just managed to create that kind of wealth gap between them yeah. and everyone else that they've just basically got a wall. Uh, but it's like only ten points. It's only three matches. Yeah, between sixth and seventh. I think those teams also just lack that consistency. Like you look at all these teams, they've all had high points, but they've also all had low points. Yeah. Like Wolves had a period there where they were losing two, three matches in a row. Everton, Everton had that blip in between both Liverpool matches. Yeah. Bournemouth, the, as as I said, like they had a very good start of the season, but they've had an awful second half of the season. Like they've all had very good highs, but also very low lows to the point where if any of them could pick up consistency, I could see them breaking into the top six. And like we've talked about this top four race, all four of the teams in them in the current top four race are so uninspiring at the yeah. moment. Like all of them just seem like they could lose every game for the rest of the season. And like the only reason Man United and Chelsea didn't both lose this weekend is because they were playing yeah. each other. <laughs> Otherwise, that would have. In which case, they drew the closest yeah. thing they could come to both losing. Like so many, like eight days, three. There's been what three matches, three match days in the last eight days, roughly. For Arsenal and Man United. Arsenal and yeah. Man United, and they've both been horrific. They've lost all three, haven't they? Yeah. Except what Man United. Well, Man United got a draw. Yeah. Draw out of one when they could have easily that would have put them away in third place, as it turned out. Yeah, if they'd been that, safe and that clear. Was, that would have been a huge result for them if they won against Chelsea. Yeah. But then it was Davide a blunder, two blunders this weekend. Yeah, know, well, they're coming. And, I don't, know. I don't think the second blunder or the first blunder rather cost them the match against City, but it was still not a good look. Whereas no. this this blunder did cost them cost them a crucial two points, and it's a bit harsh to say considering how much David has saved Manchester United over the years, but yep. he's cost them top four potentially yep. here, uh, which is very disappointing for him. He, his confidence just com- seems completely shot. Uh, he's not he's not having good form at all. But then again, this Man United team is not in good form. They look tired. They look fatigued. They look like they just want the season to end. Yeah, but that seems to be the way Chelsea certainly looked like that as well. Chelsea, yeah, Chelsea were really like besides that they didn't like, want to be there. Besides that David Hay blunder, I don't think they really tested the goal at all. Which you would think after a blunder like that, they'd be like, "Oh, let's take a bunch of shots." And you have Sarri coming out before the match, trying to you know pare expectations down, saying he needs two more years before there'll be a title challenger, and maybe that's true, but like that's not what the Chelsea fans want to hear. It's not what because they're very usually very quick to a decision, very quick to. Uh, wanting success or wanting some semblance of success and given that they're going to lose Eden Hazard at the very least if not more players this summer and they have their you know their great hope in Hudson-Odoi out for who knows how long now with a ankle ligament injury and they have a transfer ban transfer ban living over them uh, their owner is no longer attending matches or even has a box anymore and is the club for sale seems completely and, apathetic yeah. to the whole club like there, there, there is serious concerns around Chelsea. They've been there all year, but they're they're again coming to a four as we in the season. They there seems to be complete inertia. That okay, maybe Chelsea have been given this manager sorry more time. Be, it's not because they've changed; it's because there's apathy at the top that they don't care anymore. Yeah, Otherwise, it, in the previous years, Sarri would have been gone months exactly. ago. Exactly. This is 2012 or 2010 when like Ancelotti got sacked yeah. after winning the double the previous year. Yeah. Like Sarri would be gone already. Yeah. He'd have been gone so in March. is that good or bad? Because you have Sarri who who seemed at times to have given up on Chelsea. When you can see that, like the the League Cup final, where he kind of just threw his hands in the air, had to be convinced to come back from walking off the tunnel. You know, 
same in certain matches as well this season where he's kind of got really vexed and angry. I was it who who were Chelsea playing in recent weeks and he got so angry and threw his hands up into the air and was Zola, it Burnley now? I don't remember. Zola had to like calm him down. Yeah, I remember that, that wasn't Burnley. Bench. That was the week before. I think. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. But in regards to who he goes against, it seems like this guy's given up. Like he's gone crazy, but he's still there. He's still the club. I don't know whether any of the players are following anymore. Like this Chelsea side seemed to very much have an emotional wreck of a team that get very worked up and sounded up about certain things and they can't cope with situations where things aren't going their way and I don't think Sarri's going to change that like I thought Sarri was a, a good appointment a progressive appointment and I thought keeping with him for as long as they have was good for Chelsea but again now looking back it's as if they kept with them they did the right thing but for the wrong reasons they kept with him because they don't care anymore yeah, like it's it's just Chelsea. You're gonna be one of many fascinating clubs this summer just to see what they do. But like, what Spurs gonna do? Spurs are just by default they've won one match in the last how many? Yeah, like they've lost. They lost again this weekend. They they clearly have both their eyes on Ajax. But now they're so. basically qualified because they're, yeah. they're in third place. They're what two points clear of Chelsea. They're two points clear of Chelsea. Four, four points, points of fifth. So of, like yeah. you said, in their ba- a draw will unless they lose both their matches and and Arsenal <laughs> and Man United managed to win two matches, which at this point isn't looking yeah, very likely. That's, that's a miracle of either. Like, of those when's the last time Solskjaer won a game? Uh, they beat West Ham a week or two ago. Okay, yeah. two weeks ago, yeah. Like and that was not a good performance. It was two penalties. Like, what one win in ten? Uh, two wins I think because they beat Watford as well okay. that was like his first game in charge as official manager yeah yeah so two games in ten teams yeah. are not <laughs> for any of these teams no like Arsenal, Arsenal are three yeah three consecutive they've defeats they've conceded three goals, goals in all of those yeah. games yeah like that that's horrible 3-2 three, 3-1 two, three, three, no, trifecta really uh, next game will be a 3 all draw hopefully yeah <laughs> just to complete the set well they have to play uh, Valencia in the interim oh yeah yeah Europa League as well Valencia though have kind of hit, they've been they hit they've had a very good second half of the season. Yeah, but, but they just are losing to everybody. True, but Valencia so, I think they lost this weekend and maybe it's because they were resting. Yeah, it's Europa because they don't care. They need to Europa League and the Champions League is their best. Route. Well, they are actually near the Champions League. I know the, but, cha- the top four race in Spain is equally bizarre in Italy, Spain, and England. It's all yeah, crazy. they're all open in some ways. And the Bundesliga, but they're never. not open for good reasons. They're open for bad reasons. Yeah, they're like open it, because every side is inept. Hitafe in Spain are not the most inspired fourth place team, and it looks no. like they're going to get there. Yeah, but we we'll get someone new, I suppose. Yeah, it'll be interesting in their weird club in Spain. Mm. But then, uh, speaking of uh, what's going on in European football, PSG the most hilariously. Uh, they won the league since we last spoke for definitely yeah they, they won but like I think there's no team in world football that's more universally hated than PSG so seeing uh, what happened to them this weekend happen has really got a lot of people uh, up in arms just because it's funny yeah uh, well, they played Ren they the played Ren in the, the Coup de France final they lost 6-5 on penalties Kylian Mbappe was sent off two minutes for, did you see the tackle oh it was, it was one of the worst tackles I've seen in horrific ages. tackle of Kylian Mbappe it was a leg breaking tackle and he looked like he intended to do it it was well. similar enough to uh, Roy Keane's tackle on yeah, your man what's his uh, name uh, no the Norwegian yeah which was not a good tackle effectively yeah it was a horrific tackle he was sent off and then PSG were just bad as well. They didn't do enough against this Ren team who, while talented, they've had him Ben Arfa who let the PSG president uh, have a piece of his mind. mind at the end of the match. <laughs> that was so funny. It was what? a really good weekend for just uh, like really funny videos. Yeah, for people that know, Hatem Ben Arfa was a PSG player last year. He had fallen out with the hierarchy of the club. And, and Unai Emery as well. And Unai Emery, but mostly the hierarchy of the club who then ordered Unai Emery not to play him. 
didn't play him kept him on the bench in fact for a lot as in still included in the squad and wouldn't play him to make it you know yeah made him travel yeah made it worse for the player and uh, uh, Brad Arthur tried to speak to the president who was shaking everyone's hands as they were going up to collect their medals and the trophy and uh, the president wouldn't shake his hand and tried to ignore him I think he eventually shook his hand and just well, said, go away him. from me now. Yeah, Ben Arfa made him shake yeah. his hand. A rather pathetic instance of yeah. this PSG board just yeah. seeming more and more like the worst people in football. Yeah. Well, then Neymar punched the fan in the face as well. Oh, yeah, the, the fan kind of reacted really weirdly to that well, as the, well. The, the, this was a, it was some kind of troll type of guy because he was saying, he was filming himself saying things to every player as he walked by. And like he made like a comment about uh, Marco Verratti being a racist, and oh, so who was right b- before Neymar, and then he said Neymar learned how to play football, and Neymar like kind of flicked his phone, and then he said something else to Neymar, and that's what provoked Neymar to. Yeah, well, I may be very curious as what he said because he really kind of like went back into a well, shell. You never, and the you never know. Yeah, but you never like, know. Like it could be shell shock. It could be he yeah. did say something and he felt bad about yeah. it. You don't. He's know. worried about his phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but yeah. That, but, like, Ren did very well. They've got a nice group of players. They, obviously if, they don't win trophies often no, either. So trophy very, since 1972. Very big for them that they won that. And congratulations to them, of course, yeah. if there's any Ren fans listening. Yeah. It's a nice city. Nicer than other places in Western France. I can't say I've been. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's nice. There's bridges. There's nice bridges there. Oh, I love a good bridge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, uh, I, while I don't have much sympathy for PSG's collapse, I do have a bit of sympathy for Brucey Dortmund, who effectively ended their Bundesliga chances. Well, Schalke ended for them, I suppose. Like, we thought this might happen. Lucien Favre has a history of collapsing, or his team's mentally collapsing at important times of the season, and it's happened again. And it just had to be against Schalke as well, who, of course, are bitter rivals yeah. of Dortmund. They po- posted a gif of uh, a penguin being pushed into water by another penguin with, with the Schalke. <laughs> oh, that, that's a really funny gif, actually. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, you know, but they, they, they got into the spirit. It all started so well for Dortmund. Like, Jane Sancho had a really good assist for, uh, I think it was Mario Goza. Yeah. That was after, like, 14 minutes, and then four minutes later... They can see the penalty, shock equalise, and then Marco Royce gets sent off in the hour mark. They quickly concede a second. Another player gets sent off, Marcus, uh, I can't remember his second name now, got sent off, and then they concede a third goal. And then they do actually get uh, a, a kind of a late goal to try push for an equaliser from Axel Witzel, but then they concede a fourth. Yeah. And it finishes 4 2, and that ends there. Bundesliga yeah. hopes all Bayern effectively. Munich win by default, which isn't good for Germany. Is it, how many league titles is that in a row for Bayern Munich? Four Seven or five? Seven or eight, I think. No, no. it's not. Is it it's not. Is it not? Is it not? Is it I, that I many? might be mixing up with Juve or who are oh, on no, that Oh, no, maybe night. you're right. Because so, Dortmund won in 2012. Won, yeah, Jupp won it in 13. And they've won it every year since Dortmund won in 2012. So God. that's seven, I think. That's depressing for Germany. Yeah, that really is. Like, that is like Italy, and it's a tough all position. And, and Bayern have not been good for most of the season. They've been an old team that isn't. They've not been good for the last few years now. Since yeah. Pep left, essentially. Well, actually, had one good. They did enough yeah, to win that league title, deservedly. Yeah. But after that, like they brought back your point case, which was just kind of pathetic. Yeah. Considering he retired and like wanted to spend time with his family, and they made him come back, or well, they asked him to come back. Uh, groveling on their knees uh, when no one else is available. Then they have Nico Kovac now, who doesn't seem like he's got a grasp of the dressing room or an idea for how he wants the Spar Munich team to play. No. As bore out in the Champions League when they were destroyed by Ajax and fluked a couple of draws and then were completely destroyed by Liverpool. Yeah. Were tamely destroyed. Liverpool didn't even have to like really push them that hard to. Yeah, it was get only in like, the second half of the second leg that they were like, okay, now we need to win this. Yeah. And they went out and won it. Yeah. Like, 
Bayern have had a shambles of the season and yeah. they've still and won. But nothing will change now because they've, they've won, won the, the league, league they're in the cup final. You know, they they still got to knock out stage of the Champions League. Like they'll have excuses for all of this. That, oh, we didn't have injury. We had, we were missing players for the Champions League. We were League missing match. Uh, Aaron Robin and Frank Ribery all yeah. season. Yeah, which is always the excuse, even though Ribery's been around for most of the season. Yeah, but the Ribery's what 35, 36 years old. Yeah, they're both ancient. It's, it's really not something you should be relying terms. on. Yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens next season for for Bayern and if they like. I hope like not to wish someone out of their their job, but like I hope they broaden their search for someone outside of Nico Kovac to actually get someone in there to change things for them Yogi Love he could do he has in the past proven that he can do stuff differently and he will change his methods but yeah that wouldn't be that inspired either to be honest Lucy Favre yeah but then the psychological collapse every single time poor Lucy Favre he's such a good manager as well like, I know so but well, every so time it's like it's like a, a Pochettino with losing in April it just happens every season or cup semi-finals or cup semi-finals which you know there's one this weekend yeah. or this week through the rave scene as well you know that was a big error for me as of recording the PFA Player of the Year awards will take place this evening where Virgil van Dijk has been hotly tipped as the favourite to win the overall award for Player of the Year Recent previous winners include his teammate Mo Salah, the Chelsea pair of Eden Hazard and N'Golo Kante, as well as Riyad Mahrez, back when Leicester won the title. Last week, the team of the year was announced. Rather predictably, Liverpool and Manchester City dominated the side, with only Paul Pogba reaching the team from outside the top two. However, as you may have noticed, the season isn't over yet. Is there a more practical way to do these awards, and do they act- re- accurately reflect how the season has gone so far? I, I, I don't care too much for these awards. I think they probably... Like, it's, it's one thing, oh, you're elected by your peers to that you were the best player of the season, but, like, every list ever done, it's very much time-sensitive and is biased towards the most recent. Yeah, recency bias is obviously a huge issue. So whoever does things. great in this match, oh, if you scored five goals, you have a good chance at the weekend that the voting has happened, you have a good chance of get, doing well in the PFA. I, I think the, that's kind of helped Paul Pogba get into the team of the year because this was voted for right around the time Solskjaer would have been appointed yeah, when as he full-time manager. Yeah, three assists and three yeah, goals. And Paul Pogba's yeah. best form coincided with that exact period yeah. of before when Solskjaer came in and when he yeah. was appointed full-time manager. But one, it's in, individual awards are ridiculous to start in with. In a team sport, in a team yeah. sport they're, they're absolutely ridiculous because it's a team sport. You can't do it without the... Like, uh, Mo Salah couldn't have done it without last season without... Uh, the front three. Or, no, but I was going to say the goalkeeper, uh, Simon Mignolet and... Uh, <laughs> Carius, yeah. like he couldn't have done it without him. Without they would, he wouldn't have because they would have lost every match, or they wouldn't have had distribution from the back, which was required last season. But did anyone talk about Loris Carius in the PFA player or Simon Mingley last year? No, no, I don't think uh, those 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 kind like, of players tend to get ignored. The football but, writers not to not to focus on another one, but football writers association, it's the other big player of the year award given in the Premier League. You, you kind of give that a bit more credence because. It's football writers, someone who people are meant to analyze things with some form of objectivity every week. Also, give out an award for it, and generally, and then they might have a better scope for how the entire season has gone, as opposed to yeah. players who have just played against some of these players. But they're also subject to a huge bias because they tend to they tend to do the whole Oscar thing of giving the award to the player who they think deserves it most. That's why Ryan Giggs won it when he didn't have, when he had a mediocre season at the age of what thirty seven. Yeah, in what thousand eleven. Yeah, which was a joke. A joke of an a, a, of that was a lifetime achievement award it is, more and than you anything. You shouldn't have that either. You should yeah. always it should always be a 
in these cases you can have some recency bias in it but it should be for the season yeah and then like it is but it is interesting though that Virgil van Dijk is hotly tipped to win it obviously we're recording before the winners actually announced for all we know Bernardo Silva's won it and I wouldn't begrudge Bernardo Silva for winning it either but Virgil van Dijk is unique because when was the last time a defender won any award like Fabio Cannavaro won the Ballon d'Or in 2006 but other than that defenders don't really get these kind of awards I'm so looking it, at it, it is, now to it see when's the interesting. last time. Like, obviously, he's been fantastic this season. Golo Kante won a few years ago. I know he's not a defender. Yeah, not a defender, but he's a defensive midfielder, which is yeah. maybe... John Terry in 2005. John Terry in 2005, That's yeah. the last time a defender. Yeah, that like that was 14 years ago now, so... It, Gary Pallister, Paul McGrath. How many did they win? In 92 and 93, respectively. Oh, back-to-back, back, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, <coughs> Mark Hughes before that as well. Which was not weird. Yeah, the history is like list out some of the more recent ones as well. Like, but like, well, it's like if we're going back, Rob Van Persie won in 2013. 12, yeah, Van Persie won Bale in 13. Bale also won in 11. Yeah. Ryan Giggs, they say, won it in 2009. Ronaldo won a couple of Drogba, then. did he win one? Uh, Didier Drogba, no, he never won a, that. Thierry Henry won three. Frank Lampard never won one either. Van Nistelrooy. Van Nistelrooy. I'm pretty sure he won in 2002, won, yeah. yeah, after Teddy Sheringham. Ronaldo, Ronaldo must have got some. Ronaldo has two of them, yeah. Wayne Rooney has a few of them. Yeah. Or has one of them. And then the, Stephen Gerrard has two of them. And the, another annoying thing about or these awards, like, I, I don't really necessarily have an issue with these awards because at the end of the day, they don't matter too much. Uh, what really matters is who wins the league and stuff like that. As I'm sure the winner will tell us tonight. Um, but. The young player of the, or the year which award which is a bizarre, bizarre the worst reward for the last five so six the years. The rules, now. just to read out the rules: <laughs> players aged twenty three or under at the start of the season remain eligible to win young player of the year. And on three occasions, the same player has won player of the year and young player of the year. Like it's, Do you know who's le- eligible to win it this year, but I don't think he actually did get nominated. Who? Bernardo Silva. Yeah. <laughs> Bernardo Silva turned twenty four the day the season started. Yeah, so he would be eligible, I think. Yeah, despite the fact that he's been around four years now, he's clearly a fantastic player, but he's not a young player. Well, like the players that have won, like you have a few. Well, no, not really. Like even the players that have won. I feel it, like Deli Ali was the last good winner of that award. Fifteen, sixteen, he won it, but even that was, then, that he was, was his first season. As no, Burns. but it wasn't. It was the season before where Harry Kane was his first season. So that's the thing. Harry Kane had won it the previous season. Harry Kane is probably the last one. To Did Deli Ali not sign for Mike Dons in fifteen, sixteen? Uh, he signed in 2015 yeah 15-16 yeah yeah Cause, uh, February 2015 so 14-15 he, he signed but he, he didn't actually arrive to the club cause February. no but like I put it this way the, I heard a recommendation earlier in the week and it was the young player of the year awards should be the player that uh, makes their debut season in the league or whatever or in the, for their club under the age of 20, you can keep 21. the under the age of 23 if you want. I don't care about that. If that's what you consider a young player, that's what you consider a young player. But May the debut season. So you can't have this uh, this situation. Repeat winners are where, especially Yeah, where Deli Alley wins two years in a row. Uh, Did or, Kyle Walker win it as Yeah, well? Kyle Walker won it. I'm just looking at now. Kyle Walker. But in fairness, when Kyle Walker won it. When was that? Uh, into 11-12. It was okay. his breakthrough season. It Fair should enough. be there. Like, but Jack Wilshere won it in 2010-11 when he had played two full seasons in the Premier League before he probably captain Arsenal by then yeah maybe Cesc Fabregas was captain when he won in 2008 who won it last year I can't even remember Leroy Sané won it last year okay for Man City which again isn't his breakthrough because he was at Man City the season before yeah and playing well you know 
Yeah, it is. Almost every single year you can make, even Wayne Rooney winning in 2005, that wasn't his breakthrough season. He'd already signed for Man United for 30 million by yeah, then, hadn't he? Yeah, the, they're not. Scott Parker winning in 2003 was ridiculous as well. Craig Bellamy winning in 2001. Like, you're going back to, like, like you have some very good ones where you like Michael Owen in 98, and that was his 97 98 when Michael Owen burst onto the scene as a 17, 18 year old before the World Cup winning it that season that's fantastic Nicholas and Elka did all the following season even though he had played the previous season so maybe that's not the great thing Harry Kuhl in 2000 which was the same he had been there for a few years so maybe he shouldn't have won it given that but like like Ryan Giggs won it and Lee Sharp winning it in the early 90s and Matt Letizia winning it before then it's more back then you kind of had a more it kind of matched the the spirit of it because players weren't breaking into sides at the ages of 17, 18, 19 it did take them to up to the age of 23 to be the young player and usually you would win it the year that you were breakthrough season but now it's kind of like okay it's it's turned to a completely different award it's just it's become like, who was the best player under this age at this yeah, point and it's not the same like I think it, it lost its way somewhere along the line like how, how is the voting done for young player of the year is it just the, I think it's done on the same same point that uh, the player of the year award is voted on yeah, like which which is not and like it's always bizarre to me that the voting takes place in March as well, or maybe even earlier sometimes. Like the season ends in May. Like the there's always that famous case of uh, in ninety nine, David Ginola won Player of the Year when Man United went on to win the treble. Like he's some like and we could have a scenario where Man City win the domestic treble this year and Virgil Van Dijk wins it. Yeah, like you just get yeah. weird scenarios like that because some people spit votes. Yeah, it's, just... it's the only way. Yeah, the, it, I don't think one individual awards. I don't think marry very well to football, because it is a team game, as we said earlier on. And secondly, you always have this kind of bias, whether it's for recency bias or whether it's because there's a you play for a certain club and you don't want their the other the opposition clubs like players at Man City might want Man United players to win awards or players at Everton might want Liverpool players to win awards or players at Arsenal might want Spurs players to win awards, so they don't tactically vote against them. And when you have that in there, it kind of it, it just defeats the whole who is the best because, like, it, we're talking about we're talking about uh, Barcelona wrapped up the league title there. We didn't really mention, it, but they wrapped up the league title in in Spain this weekend. And you're like, okay, who's the best player in Spain this year? It's it's Messi. Mainly, it's yeah, it's Messi. So what's the point of even having an award ceremony? Just and to give Messi another trophy. Yeah, and maybe it's not that clear cut in the Premier League this season, but like, what's the point in giving Virgil Van Dijk at a you know a, a, an award? Like, if Liverpool don't go on and win the league title, I'm sure he won't care for that trophy much at no, all. Really, no. Even if they go on and win the league title, they won't care that much for trophy. Like, I know it's become a very important part of a lot of players' career mantra, career goals. Like, uh, Paul Pogba, I think, is the thing that he must win the Ballon d'Or, and it's in his all his contracts. And Neymar as well. Neymar as well. It's his, it's his obsession at this point, and like, I think your priorities might be in the wrong place if that's what you're going in the for. wrong sport, like, really. Yeah, because certainly it's it's a lovely thing, like we said, Ryan Giggs winning it at that age, like or like that's a one that's a great thing for Ryan Giggs to win the Football Writers Association Award or whatever, thirty eight years old or whatever age he was when he won it. But does it really matter if he never won it? Like some great players have never won individual awards. I don't think it, it has hurt them very much in the long term of their life. You know, if you're playing at a mid rank, if you're Scott Parker who won, uh, young player, young player of the year, that's great for Scott Parker in his grander scheme of his career because he never achieved, like he wasn't a World Cup winner, he wasn't a European Cup winner. I think he, he won the league with Chelsea. He was Chelsea. a bit power player in that team, though. Yeah, and pff, he good for him in his career, and he gets to look back in that fondly. 
but it's no big deal really to these bigger players Mo Salah probably doesn't care one way or the other whether he won player of the year last year you often mention Kevin Kavan would have rather won the FA Cup than get relegated I don't think he has that same same kind of opinion about a PFA player of the year award or anything no but that's because of the difference in careers they've had and like it's just weird that it's become so important for a certain group of players to win these individual awards when they really don't matter yeah it's like as you said awards in football have always kind of been a bit weird but The, these but everything the, like you explained everything to do with the, the PFA awards and to a lesser extent yeah, but, but the problem the football awards. the uh, footballing awards have always had is that they always do it before the season ends or in the Ballon d'Or's case yeah, in the, the middle, middle of the, of the season year, yeah they do it for the year like oh yeah you know Messi's the what the fifth best player in the world apparently yeah a guy like we don't we don't want to go too far into that but Messi isn't the fifth best player in the world no he's quite clearly the at best 32 player in the world. years old or whatever he's about to be I like, 32 in the summer He's the best player in the world by a considerable margin. I know Ronaldo got 600 goals this year, the, this weekend, for you know, he hit the 600 goal mark. He's two years older than Messi. Uh, yeah, Messi's on 598. Yeah, I think Messi will get, get ahead of Ronaldo in the longer term. Yeah, probably. Uh, but, but Ronaldo's a great player. Don't take anything away from Ronaldo. But, like, that, that's, you know, there's no point in competing with these things. And when it's so self evident that there is a hierarchy of footballing talent, why do you even need awards to show you? Like, why do you need awards when there isn't that? Like, isn't it great that there is a lot if like for England, England at the moment there isn't a clear this is the best player there isn't a Thierry Henry Cristiano Ronaldo Alan Shearer type of player that's way ahead of everybody else in the league in terms of their stats in terms of their goals in terms of their, the match winning it is pretty even yeah yeah and like isn't that great that we don't have this monopoly yeah it's like it happened a few years ago when uh, Leicester City won the league when you had like Jamie Verdi's had a great season Mares had a great season Kante yeah, had yeah great he could have given it to any one of those any of those but even that Wes Morgan had had a great season Casper Schmeichel had had a great season and then you're looking last year uh, when Man City won the league Sterling had a pretty good season Aguero had a pretty good season Kevin De Bruyne Kevin De Bruyne had a pretty good season no, none of them won it like Ederson changed the way goalkeepers were viewed in the Premier League last season didn't win it didn't come close to winning it And it, but like did they care does that really matter that they didn't come close to winning it it's a footnote in history and that's it and it's not even that much of an important footnote does anyone care now with all that he's ruined his reputation Andy Gray both won the young player of the year and player of the year in the same year does anyone care but then uh, no. no I don't think anyone yeah, does exactly but then the weird Martin thing Ty- or not Martin Tyler well Martin Tyler probably does care Keys yeah Keys. Richie Keys loves that yeah. uh, he's very proud of his I'm sure he's boy. brought it up multiple times in their coverage this weekend uh, alone yeah um, but then like we talk about individual awards but I mentioned as well the team of the year stuff like the team of the year is always oh, it a weird no sense. it makes no sense because we'll put in it's more like a Gareth Crooks team of the season yeah Gareth Crooks it is ran- whoever scored the goal that weekend will go into the yeah. they're playing in goals <laughs> yeah he'll put in weird 3-5-2 for me but with the three centre-backs being midfielders I remember this is several years ago now maybe it was about 10 years ago now Jamie, Jamie Redknapp had just started doing analysis on Sky and they had a thing at the end of the season it might have been him and Andy Gray and somebody else who was at Sky at Soon the time probably no it was even before Soon was still managing at that time uh, it was somebody else who it might be Alan Smith probably and uh, they had to do their team of the year and they, they were discussing it was an, an open discussion of who they'd have in their team they had their little Sky board you know below them where they could put players faces on onto the board and they had discussions like about formations like for what formations do we play and okay if we play that formation what what is team of the year they had like a philosophical discussion about what is team of the year is team of the year the best players the collection of the best players which is the view that the PFA have made that this is the you know whoever gets the best rank in a position gets into the team of the year team 
player the PFA team of the year but they do think okay what would actually be the best team of the players of this season and you have you to do that you have to have workhorses in your team of the year why isn't uh, what's name me the Watford players that I can never remember the Duc- name Ducore Ducore um, and the right back what's his name I can't remember he's been linked to Manchester United uh, are you thinking of Aaron Wan Bissaka Crystal yeah. Palace Crystal Palace sorry no and there's another one there who's that uh, Wolves um, Matt Doherty Matt Doherty yeah. like these players are not headline grabbing players every week yeah which is why it makes us so like seem redundant and they don't play for the national team which is also a thing yeah. like there's a definite bias towards players that play for England but like that's what makes it seem so redundant that like it's just Paul Pogba and Liverpool a hodgepodge of Liverpool and Man City yeah. like it's just like there's 20 teams in the league and there it's not like there's not it's not like the, t- the other 18 teams are filled with bad players there's yeah. at least one good player in all of those teams bar maybe Huddersfield uh, <laughs> well Aaron Moy is pretty decent yeah uh, but like there's good players in those teams you could easily make a good starting 11 out of those 18 teams yeah. that will compete with this PFA well, team, team but of the then year. like you look at the what, what is the PFA team of the year it was Paul Pogba uh, I, I have it here and Ederson in goals Robertson left back Laporte Van Dijk centre back Alexander Arnold right back midfield of Bernardo Silva Fernandinho and Paul Pogba and a front three of Raheem Sterling Sergio Aguero and Sadio Mane with Sterling playing on the wrong side yeah, well, to be fair to Sterling, he could play either side. Yeah, but his stronger side, where he has been best this season, has been deployed on the left-hand side. Like, Aguero, he's done better this season than I expect him to do. He's competed, com- he has contributed more to the team than I thought he did. He still doesn't contribute that much to the team. He doesn't contribute anywhere near as much as Firmino or Salah does for uh, Liverpool. And they've scored as much as many goals or created as many goals as he has this season. Aguero has so, always been just that why is like, he in there? classic number nine of like he scores well, he's not goals. a classic number nine, he's a good finisher. Yeah, but a classic nine in the older sense, not in the, the more uh, well, no, but modern even in sense. The, he, but he isn't in the more older sense because he isn't a big guy who wins Attacks yeah, yeah but like his thing is he scores goals, but he like you you still criticize him. I'm like, oh, he's not very good, but he scores a lot of goals. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, it's like the sport is about scoring goals. Yeah, yeah, and he's got more clinical as he's got older as well with his conversion rates. But yeah, but like th- that doesn't make any sense. Like that team couldn't play together. That team would lose if that team went out. And like played. especially that midfield, like that midfield. Kind Bernardo of Silva, no Fernandinho, sense. and Paul Pogba. Fernandinho would be doing a lot of work in that midfield. Yeah, and Bernardo Silva playing again on the wrong side. Cause and Pogba facility, yeah, it's bizarre. Like Robertson, fine, he's created a lot of goals this season, and he's more. Assist I think I think he's the most assists of any defending player in a. He has more assists than Kevin De Bruyne, Mesut Ozil. There was a list of like five players that combined he had more assists in this season. Like Laporte again, it re- there's a bias there because when that vote was done, Laporte was having a very good season. Not when he made catastrophic errors in back to back matches. In huge matches. In as huge well. matches. Virgil van Dijk, yeah, goes out saying Alexander Arnold. I think that's the English bias as much as anyone else. Because uh, uh, he hasn't, he hasn't missed done. parts of the season. Yeah, as but well. he's had a good season. Give him that. I give grant him that. He's had a very good season. He's only he's very young, so all of that can be excused. But Matt Doherty scored more goals, created more goals at a lower level of a team. And has covered more ground but even then, more matches. Even then it gets to the complicated thing of well Matt Doherty plays wing back in a back five system. Yeah, so you're like they're not like So the again way. the whole yeah. thing is just thrown out the window yeah. for this and then but even then Aaron Van Bissaka's had a fantastic season yeah. at a sub Parker's to Palace side. Yeah, exactly. And he's getting completely ignored. He wasn't even nominated for young player of the year. Yeah. Even though he's arguably the the deserved winner of that yeah. award. Yeah. And like Kyle Walker, what's wrong Kyle Walker's season? Like I criticize Kyle Walker all the time, but he's not even in the shakeup for this because why? Because he's not young. Does that seems to be the main differentiating factor between Kyle Walker and Alexander Arnold in these cases? They've both had very good seasons for very good teams, and Kyle Walker's been nowhere near this team. But to bring back to my point, this team with Fernandinho Silva Pogba, 
in midfield and this hodgepodge up front, that, yeah, they that would lose. Three. Like, if Juventus played this side tomorrow, they would beat this team. Probably, yeah. And, like, no bother or at Barcelona. all. Or Barcelona. Like, or Barcelona. Like, not to mention if you could take Liverpool players or the Man City players out, which you can't really. <laughs> yeah, only in FIFA could you do something like that, a football yeah, manager. Like, they would lose to their, you know, the teams they come from because those teams are units and they're, they're you know functioning correctly so a team of the year made up of a hodgepodge of players doesn't work like if you wanted to make a team it was like okay we're going to play the a midfield diamond which is very solid with, made up of these players maybe you can make an argument that it would work but like in the, its current setup 4-3-3 it used to be 4-4-2 and they just picked them arbitrarily put in two strikers four midfielders and four, and often they put like Ronaldo as a left winger or something when he was still in the Premier League and it's like well he's been playing centre forward for the last three years or left wing forward he's not really a midfielder anymore but they still put him in there so they could shoehorn him into the team of the year. And yeah, if it feels like a very, how would you say it? It's a very, it's past the sell-by date as a memes, I think, of both reviewing who the best players of the year. Because if someone, in, in all honesty, if someone wants to see what's the best team of the year and who's the best team of the year, they're gone looking at stats now. Stats are so easily available. The Premier League website does them and they give a ranking to every player, every, you know, from the, it comes from the fantasy football thing, but it is actually appropriate scoring for like the amount of contribution a player has made over the course of a season and you can look up the best three center forwards the best three midfielders the best four defenders and the best goalkeeper and it'll be different from what's been chosen and because this is completely arbitrary yeah like i definitely think you uh you could build a team of the season but i think this is probably the wrong way to go about it using a democratic vote of over a thousand people to do it i don't think is a way to build a it's like if you had the actual fans building the main eye starting eleven, like it, w- it would be a complete mess of a, f- of a team, and mm. it wouldn't work. And then you have to factor in like who would manage these eleven players in this imaginary match. Yeah, then you have to throw that into it, and then who like what style manager, of football are they playing? Who is manager of the season? That is also another award that's given at the end of the season. And it's like sometimes Tony Pulis has won it, Alan Paredes won it. Like yeah, imagine Brendan them managing, managing this team, like yeah, and like. You, you either give it to the team the player the manager of the year either goes to the manager that wins everything or wins the most or it goes to a completely oh we'll give it to this person as a nice little you know you did not you did well with your little club this year didn't you finish in ninth place which, except for that year Claudio Ranieri yeah, Claudio he deserved, deserved it, it. Yeah. the most deserving we'll manager of the year yeah, we'll ever <laughs> give it to Claudio uh, yeah just give it to Claudio every year really he deserves but it I'm on the Premier League website now looking at the different uh, the statistics that they're, they're giving to players and like Lucas Fabianski, not near the any of the talks, and he's had by far the best season of any. He's made the most saves, league. certainly. By far, he made one hundred thirty three saves, and he he's probably been arguably one of the signings of the season as well. Yeah. Like he's, oh, been, absolutely. he's been fantastic. Like uh, Allison, not in this team of the year, he has more clean sheets than Ederson. By he's reached twenty clean sheets now, I think, which is well, he's eighteen in the league, I think. Is it not twenty now? No, according to this, it's eighteen. But maybe uh, it's I, I thought Idrissa Gay, who you know, people a lot of people don't like, but I think he's always been a very good player. Very player. solid player. Yeah hasn't by far the most tackles and uh, Wilfred Ndidi has got like he's I think he's well. 300 tackles now this season which is an incredible stat uh, James Tarkovsky who plays for a bad team in, in Burnley this season who haven't had their best season has by far the most blocks and then, and then you have to factor in the fact that he has great chemistry with his other centre-back partner Yeah, and that if you put him in with Laporte they might not have that same yeah, partnership exactly. Like, or if you there's not to say like if you had Laporte alongside Shane Duffy who while not of the quality of footballer is Virgil van Dijk do, has, shares a lot of attributes of Virgil van Dijk he's the best header of a ball in the Premier League as stats have told this season like that would probably work just as well but like it doesn't take into account that that, that team isn't this team yeah like it, 
award like awards in other sports make sense like awards in tennis individual awards in tennis obviously make sense because it's an individual sport and mm-hmm. stuff like and basketball kind of kind of works because it's such a small team and each player has such a defined role mm-hmm. like LeBron James is clearly like uh, in his team the best yeah. and you can clearly define that and you can give him MVP or whatever yeah. it is but in football when the roles are so kind of fluid and there's so many different positions and there's so many different ways in which you could be playing on the pitch and there's so many games in a season the consistency is such a difficult thing mm. it's just so difficult to actually give awards to people like maybe manager of the year award is the only one that makes sense but even then it's just give it to the guy who won the league yeah. most years I think you've hit the like how many times did Ferguson win manager oh I don't know several yeah but I'm like sure he won probably, it five or six times but at then least. after at some point they're probably just like okay he's won it last year let's give it to someone else this season yeah I'm sure they did that on multiple occasions but you've hit kind of you've, you've danced around the topic there and you kind of hit it on the head is there's no point in giving awards for individual performances. You give the awards to the team of the year. And you know who wins team of the year? The, the team, team that wins, wins the Premier League. League. Yeah. yeah, And that's what will happen at the end of this is the, these talks of the team of the year and player of the season, they rise every time of the year around April, May, and then they disappear very quickly. And no one really remembers. So you even, like before bringing this up in the last couple of weeks, did you remember Mo Salah at all had won player of the year last year? It Bar certainly when, wasn't on my mind. Yeah, bar when the commentator would have it on their fact sheet of stuff to bring up during the match, player of the year. Last Just to season. fill a bit of time. Yeah, exactly. You don't, like, and you won't next year. If Virgil van Dijk wins it, you'll hear it a couple of times by a commentator because they've got nothing else to like, say. The only time it was ever significant was the year Hazard won it, and then the following year was just dreadful. And I was yeah, like, but yeah, was, this as is, a, this as is a the contrast, fall from grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a contrast, it's a good use of, of uh, what's that thing called in Shakespeare? Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. In what literature, <laughs> juxtaposition is what yeah, I mean. yeah. We'll just say juxtaposition. So yeah, awards they seem pointless. Yeah. You can go for stats. That's that's the way people that don't understand football analyze football is with stats. I don't go for stat. I don't go for stat. The Champions League returns this midweek. Tottenham against Ajax and on Tuesday. How do you see that one going? Are you excited? Yeah, well, excited is probably too harsh, <laughs> too far of a word for it. I'm apprehensive more than anything because you want. Like, not that you want to be... You kind of want to be objective in these matters, but Ajax is the romantic story of this Champions League season. And it's more romantic than even Monaco or even Roma or even Liverpool in the most recent seasons of a team coming from no, relatively nowhere, even though it's Ajax, a team that's won four Champions Leagues, that consistently wins the league in... Uh, consistently wins the league in the Netherlands, has been to a European Europa League final the last five years. It's a team that's not completely dropped off the face of the earth, but they've come back with a like a stunning array of players that no one's ever heard of really or players that people have heard of and they've just turned up their their whole careers it's very reminiscent of the Leicester City uh, Premier League winning side you had you know oh look Robert Huth plays for Leicester City remember Robert Huth you know he used to play for Chelsea oh look Casper Schmeichel remember he was at Man City for a while he's Peter Schmeichel's son and at Ajax oh look it's Susan Tadish remember when he was at Southampton and couldn't hit a a barn door with a banjo and nearly now got relegated nearly got relegated now he's got 30 goals and his like waltzing literally waltzing not like don't want to be any but he was just doing little pirouettes and jumping around with the ball at his feet through both the Juventus and Real Madrid defences yeah made the burn about his home yeah did like got he owns it now yeah he does like he he has the lease for the next 50 years the but that's just the, the romance is there and all these young players who have their who have their chance who are all leaving the club at the end of the season Frank De Jong delight 
at least probably going to be joined by four or five others who will leave at the end of the season. CH probably gone as well. Yeah, at le- yeah, you, you'd imagine. And even those fullbacks who we've always often criticised as being the weak links in these teams, probably going to leave Ajax in yeah, the, I can, in the I summer. Yeah, I can see Tagli Vico leaving. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And even the, the older, like, Sean would go to Germany next season, probably sign for Dortmund or Bayern Munich, and he's one of the elderly players in the league, in the team. The, Danny Daly Glynn could he easily get another big transfer away. Back to, to Man United. Maybe not Man United, but... I, like the likes of Real Madrid could definitely use that type of defender in their side that can actually create something from the back and not you go be, to Barcelona. And be di- disciplined. Yeah. Like easy you can see that happening. And with all of that, you're like, okay, you want Ajax to actually show something before the team is broken up, before it all falls away to nothing, before it collapses to dust in, you know, the week of Avengers release that, that kind of uh that kind of imagery comes to mind. And you kinda you kind of hope for them that they're going to do something against a Spurs side that is weak, that has problems, that is injury ridden. Like at this point, because they're like Suzuka was walking wounded, Harry Kane is out, uh, Son is going to miss this match through suspension as yeah, well. Yeah, which is something that was forgotten after the Man City match that he did pick up that yellow card. Like they are like Fernando Llorente and Vincent Janssen potentially could be up front for. For Spurs in a Champions League semi final, which is not what you want to hear. Like you have Lloris well, it is kind of weak funny. at the back for Tongan and uh, and what's his name? For Tongan, not uh, Alderweireld. One, one of them was rested. For Tongan was rested. For Tongan was rested for like, and you have the Ajax team who got the week off, the weekend off for Eredivisie. <laughs> that is actually one of my favorite things. Like, but that's what the whole that's weekend. what you should do. Like it's do it for the for everyone. This is a, a this will be a gift to world football. If Ajax can get to the Champions League final, even if they don't win the Champions League final, if they get that far, you will remember that a lot more than you necessarily will remember, like Bonnico getting to a semi final. Oh, big deal! They got to a semi final, or Roma getting to a semi final. Yeah, like deal. you remember that Dortmund side a little bit more yeah. than that Monaco side, yeah. even though the Dortmund side was five, six years ago now, yeah. and Monaco was two or three. Yeah, because they they were there. They were there for the big day. They were challenging the big boys. Yeah, everyone remembers the Champions League final. Yeah, and it'll probably be Barcelona you'd have to imagine. Yeah, that's Barcelona-Liverpool is the other other match on Wednesday. And I'm, I'm very excited then in the sense that I think it is a true 50-50 because Liverpool are that team unit. While they probably care more about the Premier League, certainly the fans do, I think. The fans do. I'm not uh, sure if the players do. Maybe the players don't. I think the players understand how the, how the fans feel. Yeah, yeah. So I think they do feel that extra pride with the league title that maybe someone else bought because there's not that history of just going of a drought essentially and the fact that Liverpool got to the Champions League final last year I think will stand to them here they won the Champions League semi-final last year Barcelona did not nope. they didn't even get there they lost to the team that Liverpool beat yeah. in the semi-final uh, and it was a bit of a weird semi-final finish 7-6 on aggregate which is yeah. very unusual that can, if that happens this time I don't see Barcelona especially, the team get a go out especially because Liverpool went 5-0 up and then yeah. were put, pegged back yeah. by only one goal at the end uh, so that was a little weird, but they were incredible to go 5-0 up in that first leg. Like, like obviously, Roma, more than any other side, probably have a propensity to collapse in a Champions League, big Champions League yes, game. Yes, they've proven it many times. Uh, uh, many 7-1s. Uh, but still, Liverpool had to actually go out and smash them, and they did. Uh, and then uh, Klopp has gotten to multiple uh, European competition finals. Like he's got to Europe League final, two Champions League finals. He's got that experience. He is known as a bit of a cup manager now because he's won couple of German Cups he, he's actually not done well in the Cups in England but I think that's yeah but he's been to finals but I think that's more of a I don't care for these than yeah. a we've lost these matches yeah. uh, kind of thing so he's clearly done very well at the Cup matches he knows how to get a performance out of his side in a one off or two off match 
So, like, it is definitely 50-50 because on the other side, Barcelona and Messi. Yeah, just a Messi. <laughs> it boils down to that You much. say, yeah, and you were talking about the experience Liverpool players have of winning the Champions League semi-final. The majority of this Barcelona side have won Champions Leagues. True, very yeah. few. Who hasn't won it who's going to be an important just, player? Yeah, of the important players, they've all done it. Yeah. Like, I was going to say, long lay is not one done it. Piquet's done it. Uh, Jordi Alba's done it. Busquets is still there. Uh, Rakitic is still there. Rakitic scored in the Champions League final. Exactly. Suarez is still there. Messi is there. Like that's the spine of the team who are who have just won the league title at the weekend. Took it fairly easy as it turned out. Messi did score the winning goal in a league title match. So he, fittingly enough. Yeah, he's still scoring goals. Like he's like um, like this Liverpool side is fine. And everything they have a better defense than Barcelona. They they were playing a better football than Barcelona are playing at the moment. So they could turn it up on them. But the, like. Without getting out of second gear, this Barcelona side dispatched Manchester United, which, you know, that's a team that drew with Liverpool. If Barcelona get a draw on this first leg, I'm pretty certain Barcelona will go through. Yeah, Liverpool the, the, need to strike early. Yeah, they need an away goal, because yeah. it is on in the new Camp, yeah. uh, much like the first leg of the other matches on in Amsterdam. Uh, or, is it on in Amsterdam first? I no, I think it's on at Tottenham first, actually, because okay. um, the reverse of how it's usually been for Ajax in the yeah. tournament so far. Uh, so yeah, I think away goals are crucial for both Ajax and uh, Liverpool in these Liverpool, matches. Yeah, but yeah, if if I was to make a call now for the Champions League final, that's going to be in where is it on again? Uh, the Wonder Metropolitano Wonder in, Metro- uh, in Madrid. Madrid. Uh, I would say Barcelona against Ajax. That's uh, that's the date for June first. That's yeah. that's our destiny. But it'd be great. Like that's great. Like Ajax Barcelona is a Champions League final. You do not want a Liverpool. Like no offense to Liverpool or Tottenham fans, but you do not want a Liverpool Spurs final. Yeah, like we've only had one All England final before. And it wasn't good. Uh, it was fine. It, it was, was not good. It was I, a bad match. There was a lot of cramps in that a lot match. Of, a lot of rain. Very wet. Bad yeah. penalty shootout. Manchester United beating Chelsea in Moscow. But like, you do not necessarily want that. But you like think of the Messi against this young side of players that will probably all join Barcelona. Yeah, so. Frankie De Jong certainly is already a good yeah. to join. Those fi- final games against his future club. And yeah. Champions League final. Like, like that's a story that writes itself. You'd love it. Like, and even Liverpool Ajax is a bit more romance to it. But like, You'd still like the best. The, you, want, s- you want you want Ajax to like go through everybody. I saw the uh, Liverpool Ajax final be known as the Yair Litmanen derby. Yeah, final. That was pretty. That would be something. Yair Litmanen will get a lot of work. Yeah, that. he already has started getting work because of this Ajax side, so that would be something. Yeah, although he did play for Barcelona as well, so he's probably getting work. Oh, this did week he as well? well? I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, I don't know much about Yair Litmanen other than he's a very satisfying name. Yeah, he just. Uh, I remember when he came to England and he had this big reputation. He was just not very good at Eng- in England. And I was like, why does he have... But apparently, in the early 90s, before I was really watching Ajax, he was astonishing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's a couple of... Champions League semi-finals are always kind of exciting, yeah. even if the matches themselves don't necessarily live up to the hype. They mean a lot. Yeah, they mean a lot there. Yeah. This is what the season is for. This yeah. is what we've all been building to. You know, Every, every player wants to play in a Champions League final. Mm. Uh, so very a lot of tension and a lot of tension is good I feel as a viewer even if the match themselves aren't great there is still that drama uh, and of course we got VAR so VAR is always good for throwing a little spanner in the works Poor for someone <laughs> it's going to hit Ajax badly we know that in advance and it uh, works for Spurs in almost every single occasion they've ever used it even the time it didn't it still worked for them yeah, when yeah. Aguero missed the penalty against, yeah. against them so I'm excited for that even if the Premier League doesn't have many big matches coming up next weekend and it is well, really winding down. Well, you say no big matches but next week in the Premier League we will 
could be a decisive week in the Premier League. Yeah, we could. You know, next time we Easily. talk, Man United we, could lose again. Yeah, Man United could. They all could lose again. They all could lose again, and uh, nobody wants to get third or fourth place this season. And by the time we speak to you next, we might have a Premier League winner. For all yeah. I know, Man, yeah. Man City we might have won. Effectively, we'll have a Premier League winner. Although Man City play on Monday next week, which is kind of inconvenient for us. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, if it if it matters that much, we'll do the show late. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. Anyway, we'll we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll talk about these Champions League semi-finals and whatever the hell else happens in the news. Yeah, uh, if anything does happen, not a lot's been happening lately off the pitch. Uh, so thank you for being here, Andrew. Thanks for having me. And uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then don't forget you can tell family and friends about the show. Spread the word of the Total Football Takeover. You can also follow us on social media at the TF Pod on Twitter and Total Football Pod on Instagram. You can also be found on podcast services, including Spotify, by searching Total Football Podcast. The more the merrier. That's what we always say. <laughs>